0: it's time to experience the synergy connection show with your host lucy forsting
1: good morning everyone welcome to the synergy connection show where we do our very best to connect the dots between who we are in the physical emotional intellectual and spiritual realms of our lives and we are extremely complicated beings b-e-i-n-g-s and um i have as a returning guest today victoria hawkins but before i introduce her i want to remind everyone that all of the shows are archived at wwwsynergyconnectionradio.com and i think we're approaching 190 shows at this point so please uh, go back and check some of them out victoria's been with me at least i think six times something like that yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah. love it so We uh, have become uh, friends over all of these (laughs) interviews. Um, The other thing I do really want to stress, um, I heard something actually this morning. And in England, uh, where there is an 80% vaccination rate, uh, they are having a lot, like 40,000 patients a day being diagnosed with COVID. And these are people who have been vaccinated and it's breakthrough cases. Um, They're kind of panicking over there in England. And so what I keep suggesting, even if you've had your vaccination, even if you've had a booster at this point, please don't rely just on that to keep you healthy. Um, Our health comes in lots of different areas. We need to make sure our stress level is down. We need to make sure that we're doing something maybe like meditation or at least being mindful every day in our uh, living of life. Uh, We need to look at our diet. We need to look at sleep. And we do need to look at maybe using a couple of supplements. And one of those is vitamin D3. And most doctors now will acknowledge how important that is our body manufactures it if we're out in sunshine every single day for at least 30 minutes on bare skin most of us are not doing that and in a lot of parts of the world there's not enough sunshine you know we have a lot of cloudy days so um, at least 5000 international units of vitamin d and go get your d as in dog 3 blood test Uh, that test will tell you where your immune system is and guys, you need it at 70 or above. Mine is an 80, so I'm not terribly concerned about coming into contact with viruses and bacteria because I know my immune system can fight things off. But if your um, blood work comes back and says that you're in your you know, 40s, early, maybe 50s number-wise, you need to be upping your D3. The other one is equally important. It's called a C-reactive protein test. And again, you can ask your doctor to run that blood work for you. You want that number to be below one. Mine is a 0.3. So um, there are some products. There's a link on my website into Boomers Forever Young. I use their products, and this one is called Barley. Um, I use the Heirloom Barley, but there's two different kinds. Uh, heirloom has 10 grams of predigested protein. The Gladiator has 20. But what this does for you is it rebuilds your muscles, it removes toxins, and it takes inflammation out of your body. And every single disease begins with inflammation, high inflammation. So like I said, mine is a 0.3. The average person has an inflammation rate of probably 3 or 4. So you want to pull that down so that you don't end up with uh, different kinds of um, health issues. And like I said, inflammation is at the core of a great many of them. So those products you can go explore, you can read the testimonies, you can listen to uh, some of the videos, read the blogs. There's a ton of information in there and you can sign up for a free newsletter. If you decide to order, if you just put my first name, Lucy L-U-C-Y, you'll get $5 off of each and every order. Um, I've had the company make that arrangement with me as I talk about their products all right so victoria back again uh she's an artist uh she's an author i've read her book it's so sweet Mm -hmm. she's a psychotherapist like myself she's a yoga and dance instructor which i don't do (laughs) and uh, she refers to herself as a suburban shaman Um, she has created a whole self approach to working with clients of all ages and she incorporates art and creative movement and Wisdom Teaching, Creative Writing, Yoga, and Mindfulness Meditation. And I've um, watched her do some of her work through uh, Zoom and and different videos that she's had, and it's fun. It is fun. Mm -hmm. I wish I had the time just to go experience some of it, but maybe someday. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I will. Um, So we're going to be talking today. Our topic is Principles of a Yogic lifestyle, and that's Y-O-G-I-C. And this is learning, I think, to live in the moment and to be very aware of what's going on around you and within you. Mm -hmm. So I toss it to you. All right. Try and explain to everybody what that really means to live that kind of lifestyle.
2: Absolutely. Um, Well, I like to tell people a little bit about how I came upon the idea of even exploring yoga mm-hmm. and why this became a lifestyle for me. Um, as you were hearing, Lucy stated that I'm also a, a, a yoga instructor, but I'm also a dance instructor, and I actually grew up in ballet. I was a classical ballerina and point dancer until about 20 years old.
1: And then your toes said enough. <laughs> <laughs> well...
2: <laughs> My college career and, and degree <laughs> said enough. <laughs> I had not pursued it as a as a profession, even though it kind of sounded like a neat thing for me. I went a different direction, and I was in school to be a social worker and then eventually became a licensed clinical social worker. Mm-hmm. So that was my goal. So at that time, I... Uh, slowly filtered out and they didn't really have dance classes as much for adults back then. That's true. And That's this was, true. by the way, the late 90s. So this was some time ago. And so when you were kind of, I was kind of done with the ones I could take at school and I was in my master's and filtered out of dance. Well, I've always been a very active person being a dancer since five years old. I decided to start running marathons right after I finished my, um, master's degree. I was living in South Florida. I was working in residential treatment. And for those of you that are maybe not familiar with that, for um, mental health facilities that are residential, it means that the clients are living there. And ours was a, a children's uh, facility.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, so, stressful their therapy,
1: job. Their therapy was done there. Their therapy Everything was done there. Yeah,
2: their, their school, they had teachers that mm-hmm. taught them during the day. And I was one of the therapists at that location. Um, Is
1: it still in existence?
2: It actually is. Wow. Because there aren't very many. No, I know. And this, yeah, this was, again, some time ago. I mean, this was, when I started working there, I believe it was 90, would have been about 98, I think, when I started working there. And it's over in um, Jupiter, Tequesta, Florida.
1: Okay. It was in a high rent district
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, tucked away in the woods.
2: <laughs> and it was a really nice facility, actually, with a ropes course, too, mm. which is cool. So we did some neat things w- with the kids. Um, but I always say it wasn't that. It wasn't that high-stress job because it was a high-stress job. Mm-hmm. It was not that that led me to yoga. Some people come in because of that. Like, oh, I feel stressed, and, you know, someone said this would be good for my stress. right. But for me, the reason I went to a yoga class was because I was running so much, mm. and I was getting tight in my muscles. Wow. And I was not used to that, being right. a dancer my whole sure. life.
1: flexibility I, is everything. Yeah,
2: I mean, I could do a split on a, you know, on cue for someone if they needed me to. So I attended a Bally's gym, which I don't even think they exist anymore, but... At the time, I was a member of a ballet's gym, and they Mm -hmm. had one yoga class there on Wednesday nights. I still remember the day. Mm -hmm. I would run three miles to the gym, go to the yoga class, and run three miles home. Wow. (laughs) It was part of my
1: training package for the week. So, you know, I'm going to interrupt for one second because this is so interesting. You do the Appalachian Trail. Yes. We talked about that. Yes. So almost everything that you've kind of done in life has to do with making a commitment yeah. You know, to making sure that you are in shape. That is such a great awareness. <laughs> I love that, Lucy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah,
2: you're right. Mm-hmm. I definitely, I learn through my physical the form. Physical, yeah. And we have, and that's why I say, like, some people would say, oh, I came to yoga because I was talking to my therapist or my doctor and they said, this will help with stress. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was like, I want to keep my body in shape and flexible in the way that I like it. (laughs) And that's what brought me. However, what quickly started to happen, and and I remember it being within about a month. And I was only going to one class a week at that point. I did the poses. We did our Shavasana, which is the relaxation and meditation at the end. Mm -hmm. And I started noticing in other parts of my day that I was feeling more calm on things. And up to this point, I actually had a ton of anxiety as an individual through high school and college. I slept very poorly. I was constantly thinking Mm -hmm. and worrying. And I'd had a lot of difficult situations in my life already up to that point.
1: So you know that 95% of our time, even today, not for you, but for the average person is spent in the brain and only 5% wow. in the heart. So you were learning even then the importance of moving towards heart-centeredness. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't have put a name on it, of course, back then, but yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Something in me was telling me you've got to get out of your over head. head. Yeah. And when I started taking these classes... It prompted me to realize that that was the only thing I'd changed at that point. You know, Mm -hmm. I hadn't added in anything different or taken away anything else. Mm -hmm. I had just started going to this class. So it prompted me to really dive into learning more about the whole practice of yoga
1: How did you do that? How did you jump in and sure?
2: I well, I it's so funny because it's so long ago now.
1: (laughs) Oh well, but (laughs) wait wait till you're ninety looking. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Then you can say that.
2: So many things have changed in the last twenty some years. Mm -hmm. Um, We did not have Google back then. We just had books, right? Mm -hmm. So and I lived near a mall, and I went to the mall, and there was, I believe, it was a National Geographic store. Or Discovery Channel. Yeah. They had these for a while in the mall. Yes, they did. And they had different things from around the world. And I found a yoga book. A book on yoga. Really? With the poses and everything? It did. It had poses in it. It had um, some of the meaning behind yoga. It had meditation to follow. It had food, like a diet to follow. Mm-hmm. You know, not a not a losing weight diet, just right. a way of eating right. might be a better way to say that.
1: Do they look at the different body types and kind of work with that too? Or... Yes, okay. I know more
2: about that now. Mm-hmm. I didn't back
1: then. Mm-hmm. I just got the book.
2: Okay. <laughs> the I one know, book. <laughs> yeah, I know that,
1: you know, like Vata and yes. know, the different ones, they actually say this is the kind of food you need to be eating. Correct. Vedics is something that I... That is...
2: So, Ayurvedic is a great companion Mm -hmm. to yoga, and both of these, of course, come out of India for those that maybe aren't familiar with that, because not everybody is. So, Ayurvedic, I say, is like the health system of India, Mm -hmm. and it's ancient, Mm -hmm. as well as the practice of yoga. So, over the years, as I've learned more and more through various trainings, I've also delved into the ayurvedics and it does give you ways to eat more for your what they call like your constitution right the way you're built as a person which is going to be unique to you and we have categories and within that of course we have our own uniqueness Mm -hmm. but the way that for example i have two sons that are entirely different builds uh physically And, of course, they act different, too. But (laughs) my 19-year-old, he is a very muscular, about maybe 6'1", 6'2", now, and big muscles, like tree trunks for legs kind of guy. Okay. My younger son, who's 16, is a lean, lean, maybe 5'9", 5'10", runner. Mm -hmm. These two guys are totally different ends of the spectrum. And what their body has always needed has been radically different. Okay. I've seen that in our household and how they eat and right. you know. So it's very interesting. So yes, Ayurvedic is the it's not just the eating part, that is definitely a big part of it. They also talk about styles of meditation mm-hmm. and even styles of the asana, which is the physical practice of yoga.
1: Really? Yes. So different poses maybe for different yes. body types. Because, like, your son is not going to have the flexibility that your runner son does. Right.
2: Yeah. And what is so interesting with this, too, is, for example, okay, I am a mix of pitta and vata Mm -hmm. for the most part. Like, that's Mm -hmm. where we all
1: have all three, just like we have all the Mm -hmm. elements in us, right? Right. I found out that I'm the majority of pitta.
2: Okay. That's who I am. Well, and that makes sense because... We're high. I know you all can't see us, but you can hear us. We're high-energy people. Uh-huh. Um, pitta can be fiery in nature, which doesn't necessarily mean angry. It just means, like, I oh. get excited about everything. Right, right. Um, so that being said, though, Pitta has a lot to do with fire. Uh-huh. I'm going to give an example of something that is not great for me as a physical yoga practice, the hot yoga styles are not good for me. I, would, I could never do them. I tried. Yeah. They actually make me physically sick. They would me. Yeah. Yeah. So I even subbed it for a while. You know, uh-huh. back when I used to teach uh-huh. a bunch of different places, I would pick up if someone needed a, a substitute teacher and I finally had to stop. It literally just makes me physically ill. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting when you start to look at that and it really speaks to what what yoga is truly about. Um,
1: I'm curious about something, and we'll come yeah. back to what yoga is about. Yes. But, but like when you're talking about, you know, styles. So I, you know, I am seeing someone who is by nature, you know, he doesn't look like he should be cold, but he's always on the cold oh, side. yeah. And I'm always on the hot side, So which is why I yes. can't do that style of yoga yes. at all. So he will be cold, you know, when we're sleeping, and my foot will be searching for the coldest (laughs) part of the sheet (laughs) because my body is so warm. Yes. So do you find that to be the case? Yes, that's
2: another uh, component
1: of of literally, like, uh, just physically Mm -hmm. having... Lots of of heat. A lot of energy. Mm -hmm. And then when I do uh, energy work on somebody, they will constantly say, my hands are so hot. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, I'm not making them hot. That's just the energy coming through them. Yes. Okay, so so I have a funny
2: story with that for me, too. Because as you all heard as well, I have been a psychotherapist. And obviously where I found yoga, I was as well. Mm -hmm. Um, In the past, prior to having the studio that I have now, I did a lot more client work I just did outpatient therapy mm-hmm. and sometimes I would literally heat up the room <laughs> With your... that I was in especially if we were having like a particularly you know like someone was making like a big breakthrough mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. just the level of energy was up up right and I would think wow, what is going on here? It is so hot in here. And I started realizing that it was, you know, you. it was me heating the room up and no one else was really, I mean, people might feel the heat, but if you went somewhere else, mm-hmm. the air conditioning was on. Yes, right, 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 right. So we definitely um, can see those different components of people. Mm-hmm. And, and it's one of the reasons why there's not a one-size-fits-all mm-hmm. with anyone for, movement exercise food and a lot of what I believe yoga has taught me is how to listen within within mm-hmm. and and then hear what do I need to change are things going well and then from a physical standpoint what does my body need what does it not need right now you know really starting to uh, one of the terms I've been saying lately is Making friends with hmm. my whole self, but particularly my physical body.
1: Right, and as you move towards menopause, eventually, yeah, you you do need to do that because I think when women fight that, mm-hmm. you know, it's like fighting the aging process. Um, when you don't embrace it as just a part of life, yes, then you end up with health issues too.
2: I absolutely agree, and it's it's something that really through my yogic practice. Um, I was being called to take better care of me Mm -hmm. in all different ways. But one of the big ways was physically. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is because I had started to make some of these changes in the other realms of, you know, us as an individual. Um, I don't know if I've ever stated this before, but I'll say it now so you kind of understand the way I think of people and myself is that we have these different layers of us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have a physical body. We have a mental body, we have an emotional body. Mm-hmm. We have a spiritual or sometimes I call intuitive body. Mm-hmm. We have that energetic body. Mm-hmm. And, and then I also say we have that self self-expression, self-expression part of us that is really part of thriving on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And I find that when that people are drawn to start taking care of one area, right but it certainly has an impact on the others. Oh, absolutely. You know? And And then it may be glaringly the area you're not caring for or even harming.
1: Well, you know, if if somebody is ignoring their physical. Right. You know, that um, they don't have time for it or, or, you know, whatever that might be. So they're not sleeping enough. They're not managing their stress. They're not eating properly. But, you know, all that feeds the physical. But if you don't have the physical in gear and it's not uh, supporting you, there is no way in the world you can really be looking at the other areas because no. you don't have the energy to do it.
2: No, I don't think so either. And and I've hit those points at times in my life.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, coming off the trail. <laughs> <laughs> coming off the trail sometimes.
2: Sometimes I feel like I could go forever. Um, I felt like, I think it was two, it would have been two hikes to go because my hiking partner... Uh, Amanda and I, we we were able to go and do one of our legs of the trail during the you know kind of the heat of the pandemic time. States were were open again; things weren't completely shut down. But it was it was in the summer of twenty twenty.
1: Was this the Boulder Field?
2: This was the boulders. Oh, yes. Yeah, it was, was the. It was tough. for many reasons. It felt like our hardest hike, where we really had to dig deep physically, but also mentally, because nothing was working the way it had, just like everybody's experienced over the last couple of years, you mm-hmm. know, there's been a trickle down of things, they don't have the supply you need, or the way you thought you were going to get there isn't available, um, Ubers weren't really happening, and that was one way we got around, because we don't have a car up there, and, mm-hmm. Um, Walmart's weren't open all night anymore. They were only oh. they closed at six oh my at that time, and when you sh- didn't know whether you'd be off the trail. Right, there were all these different things that were hitting us, but it was there's. It's very very rare that I felt this anymore because I'm a pretty physically strong person, and I do take pretty good care of myself. Um, but we had a 19 mile hike day, mm. and it was also extremely hot, which is not typical, mm-hmm. although we're starting to see that more unfortunately. Um, it was extremely hot, 83 degrees in the mountains in Virginia. That's not That's typical not normal. now. And humid. And we um, hiked 19 miles. Very, And by the way, there's very few water sources because you carry your water so over 19 miles, there was only one source of water. And that was what you had. And that was, yeah, well, we started with it. There was one place we could get water, but we had to actually walk off the trail. Oh, wow. A, a half a mile, which meant a mile yeah. total, mm-hmm. to get the water, go the other half mile up, back to the trail, and then keep going the rest of the hike. Mm. And and I was almost out of water when we hit that place. So. When we finished, I was done. It was the first time in a long time that I felt like, if I don't get some water and food soon, I could pass out.
1: Wow. And
2: that really doesn't happen to me very often What about your, what about Amanda? Amanda was faring okay. I mean, she wasn't at pass out stage, but (laughs) we were both, we were done and we actually did call an Uber. Um, We had to wait a really long time like close to an hour Mm. on the side of the road (laughs) in the dirt we were so filthy (laughs) but um we did it and uh you know obviously we we came out of it and can tell about it but that was a digging deep moment like Mm. you know what else is left in there Mm -hmm. can i do it and we did we did
1: um and i think you know i mean as a parallel I mean, what you were going through obviously was extremely physical uh, in nature. But I think of people that are um, looking at health issues. Yes. You know, that um, maybe they're in chemo, maybe they have to endure some sort of surgery. But, you know, they face similar challenges. And if you haven't taken care of, you know, like some of the other things in in retrospect, Mm -hmm. if you haven't been doing that, I think you do reach your breaking point more easily where you just go can I keep going
2: right and yeah. I think that that was that's been one of the things that and and really the reason why I love to tell people about the the path of yoga mm-hmm. is that this practice and path for me has I feel saved my life at times because you can go within and draw on the yes yeah and um, and the teachings of it are, are very spiritual as well um that there's something bigger than us mm-hmm.
1: and that we're here to live our path yeah. whatever that is i know that um you know a guest that's coming up because she always mm-hmm. follows you but uh, tara has we've talked about that that when you are in alignment with your chakras mm-hmm. and in particular which uh, is To me, that would be part of a, a yogic lifestyle, yes. is learning to keep all of that in perspective and in alignment. And if that's the case, then going, um, you know, like that connection with the, the 12th one, which is divinity, mm-hmm. I mean, that allows you those resources. Is that yes. That's there for you if you're doing your part. And it's like everything else. If you're not doing your part, it's there, but you can't access it.
2: Yes, and there's a, so there's a few different wisdom texts that we draw from for the yogic path. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is called the Upanishads, ancient writings from India, way before anything that you would call yoga now. Mm-hmm. So these are this, you know, part of the spiritual text of India. And there's a statement in it that says, from abundance, I scoop abundance yet abundance remains. Mm-hmm. And it's something that pops in my head every once in a while where I just think... You can't diminish you it. Can't, you can't. You can never run out of the resources that are available for you. Mm-hmm. But like you were saying, if I am not... And here's the bottom line. If I'm not caring for myself, mm-hmm. one of the tenets that we have that I consider a principle, a main principle of yoga is ahimsa. Ahimsa means to do no harm. Mm -hmm. The flip side of that is, okay, if I'm not doing harm, then I'm being compassionate, I'm appreciative, I'm uh, mindful and aware. Like, these are some of the components so that we don't do harm, right? Right, right, exactly. And sometimes it's easier to do that out to others for those of us that tend to be, like, generally caring people in life and care for others. And obviously, you and I are both that. We chose a field of work right that is that and that it might be easier to be that to others so then bringing that about and turning it to ourselves is part of the yogic path mm-hmm. and it's and it's actually it is the yogic path if i'm not being that to me, then mm-hmm. I'm actually completely out of alignment.
1: Right. And you can't give to others if you, if you're not giving, to you yourself. really can't, yeah. you think that you are. Right, right. <laughs> And it, I, you, you may mean not well.
2: be, right. You mean, well, you may not be doing harm. Mm-hmm. So that's positive, mm-hmm. but you may not be able to give them as much as you would if you are feeling that, that care and connection for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so a number of times in my life, I feel like I get called back to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the balancing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's why we call it a practice and a path. It's not its not that you hit that point and you're like,
1: okay, now I'm done forever. And right, exactly. I'm... It's kind of like graduate school. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have the diploma, you have the collar, you have all of the goods yeah. or getting your PhD. And then you have to go, and what's next? And what's next? Yeah, and so how do you live that life Um, and I think that's where a lot of people are you know that I'm seeing personally is they're exploring what is my life purpose Mm -hmm. you know but if you don't understand yourself yet then you can't find your life purpose you have to kind of go within and do your own homework on you because just being kind to others just handing them a dollar if you see you know somebody that needs money or just buying them a you know a Big Mac and handing him a sandwich that doesn't mean that you have done your homework on you absolutely and I feel like I, I
2: lived that way for a long time as I was discovering mm-hmm. what was missing for me was me showing up for me right and that is one of the things that practicing yoga was teaching me and here's the part that I always find magical no one really told me any of that stuff at all. And actually at the time, I didn't have a therapist for myself. I didn't, you know, I really didn't have anybody to talk to about this stuff. Mm-hmm. You were finding your own way. I was finding my own way. Yeah. And what I love is it was within me. Mm-hmm. And so for individuals that I've then, because I I do a teacher training course for people to become yoga instructors and work with groups or individuals in this manner. And I tell them, I'm like, all you have to do is... Is, is give them the layout here. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're going to find their own mm-hmm. connection when they're ready. Because right. it may not be every single person that walks through your doors. It's or you a, may not know when it happens. No. You know?
1: it, and I, I think that's important to recognize that, you know, you can give somebody the tools. Yes. So when they pick them up, will be up to them. Yes. And they may never pick them up. You know, they, they may, you know, just have enough resistance where I want to, but I don't want to. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden life is over and they're going to be looking down going, oh, shit, I wish I had. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but that's, you know, that's a part of it is that we serve. I know you and I do this, but we serve as guides. Yes. But we never know who's going to show up. That maybe says I want a little bit of guidance for a while yes and we have to be our own guides as well and so you know we may not have anybody that's guiding us uh, for me and I, I think for you too I have uh, guides that are spiritual guides yes absolutely. They, they are absolutely mm-hmm. in touch with me on a daily basis and sometimes they nudge me gently and sometimes they hit me, you know, yeah. like, okay, you're not paying attention. Yes. Um, and so they know that I listen. And in fact, Tara and I have talked about that quite a bit because she had all kinds of guides that were kind of bombarding her. Absolutely. And
2: I think that we get messages through so many different ways. And you and I have talked about I connect a lot with nature, hence mm-hmm. the hiking and the being outdoors all the time.
1: What's the last name. My and the Hawkins <laughs> last name, <laughs> right.
2: yeah. I, I connect a lot and receive messages through all of that, but I also know that there's been times where I wasn't ready to hear it. It didn't mean the messages weren't there, no, just you I just wasn't ready, ready mm-hmm. and I wasn't listening yet. And mm-hmm. so, adopting some of these practices is what gave me, you know, what it was too, gave me the space that I was not going. And doing, mm-hmm. and even though it might have been you know five to ten minutes, mm-hmm. I was too polite to get up and walk off my mat in the middle of a <laughs> shavasana in a in a studio or a class. So I laid there in my discomfort actually often in the beginning and at various times along the way. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to somebody recently about meditation. They were saying, "Well, I can't meditate," and I said, "Well, actually." your body knows how to meditate, your mind knows how to relax. We've trained it opposite, mm-hmm. just living in the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. We're congratulated for doing 50 million things right. a day. <laughs> right. um, people think that you're a superstar and and I've had that before um, in my life where people are like, yay, you're so amazing, you're doing all these things. Right. And I'm thinking, I'm dying inside, this isn't good. And that's where sometimes having that space where no one's expecting you to do anything except lay there.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: And even if you can't lay there, you can sit there, you can lie on your side, you can whatever, and let the thoughts come up. And this is what I was expressing to the um, individual I was speaking with. I was like, the thoughts are going to come up
1: mm-hmm.
2: because you're giving them a space to do that. Right. It's okay. Meditating doesn't mean you have no thoughts.
1: (laughs) Pretty hard to have no thoughts. Yeah, I don't know that
2: there's very rare times where I've actually felt what is considered maybe for some people a goal of meditation. But I don't really see it that way. I don't really have a goal anymore. Um, But where I experienced that point where you do really just for a moment feel one with everything Mm -hmm. and kind of bigger than your physical self. Mm-hmm. It's the best way I can describe it, mm-hmm. and a real sense of of love is what I felt. Just like a real sense of love, um, and then you know, I thought, well, I think I need to do the laundry. You know, what I mean, or I need to do this. Like we have thoughts. We're human. It's part of the human experience. Right, right. But for those moments to lie there and and know that you're calm, mm-hmm. and let the thoughts go by, and then. Choose what it is that you'd like to focus on next. Right. That's where I believe we're connecting back in with that power. Well, some of it I know
1: has to do with breathing, just learning to actually breathe, and not not. uh, I think when we're under stress, we do thoracic breathing rather than abdominal to begin with. But there was a doctor, and I cannot remember his name right now because this has been, gosh, maybe thirty-five years ago that he wrote a book, he was a cardiologist, and he wrote a book because so many of his clients had had heart attacks and they were type A personalities. Mm-hmm. So he began to realize that they really could not have nothing going on in their head. Yes. And so he decided he would uh, approach it a little differently and he would find out, you know, is there something from the Bible, let's say, something from your religion yeah. that is good you know as you think about it it makes you feel peaceful right and for some it was just the beginning of the lord's prayer for others it was you know hail mary full of grace mm-hmm. and, but he, it would be short yes and so um what he would have them do as they were learning to meditate and kind of go there with that type a personality is just to recite that small mm-hmm. phrase on the intake mm-hmm. and on the outtake so they they're uh, he, I think he referred to it as monkey mind yeah. but their monkey mind would have a place to go and it couldn't detour too far because right. they were focused on specific words he came back and worked with them later and he found out their blood pressure without medication was mm-hmm. down they were doing physically much better they were sleeping better they you know everything across the board was better for them just because they had learned to focus on a phrase as they were breathing yes. and nothing else
2: and that's what we would call in yoga mantra work. Right. And uh, a mantra, so yoga is written in Sanskrit, mm-hmm. the practice of yoga and the tenets and all of that. So mantra means an instrument or a tool for your mind.
1: Okay. For the monkey mind.
2: <laughs> so yeah, that is literally what it is. And that's basically all of the practices that we have in yoga are meant to lead you to that alignment. Mm-hmm. So the word yoga itself actually means uh, to yoke or unite. Mm-hmm. And so the concept is, is that I'm, I'm uniting all parts of me with the divinity within me. Right. That's really what yoga is. Which is why you technically can do yoga doing anything mm-hmm. or doing nothing. Mm-hmm. You can be in yoga, let's say. Um, but we have all these different ways to lead us to that and mantras helped me dramatically um, because I did I I have a lot going on in my head (laughs) I'm a very cerebral type of person I I love to learn I'm always thinking of things so mantras I believe focused my um, words Mm -hmm. and therefore my mind on a specific point point. Right. And there's some beautiful mantras that come that are from Sanskrit, but I also do teach people to use things that resonate with them. And so for some, some people, about, it is a it is a Bible verse, yeah, you know, yeah, or
1: or a little quote, a little quote, or I, an affirmation. I'm thinking for um, several people, I've heard them use "I am enough." Yeah, yeah. So you know that is yes. a shorter kind of yes, uh, or maybe if you have uh, you know deeper breaths, maybe you can say "I am enough." and, you know, growing every day or something. But sure. something that allows you, it's usually an uh, a count in on breathing of seven is what I've always used at least. And, uh, you know, a count out so that it slows everything down.
2: Yeah, I I really love the mantras. And, and actually, I've been doing them for so many years. Uh, as you heard, I found yoga quite some time ago. So pre-children. Mm-hmm. My younger son really loves the all things spiritual so uh-huh. we had a whole thing that we used to do at night a whole routine I guess you would say where it had prayers that he'd grown up with um, different things from all different all different religions and spiritualities and then a whole series of mantras from yoga
1: really and
2: I had to sing it to him every single night
1: oh my goodness <laughs> Um, for many, many years. So, what was one of his favorite mantras that maybe he still uses today?
2: You know, I don't know if I don't know if he had a specific favorite. Um, I'll tell you some of the ones that I've used specifically, and so he put them all. To, he was like, we put them all together. Um, but one of the ones, and actually, I have a tattoo on my arm, is uh, Satnam. Satnam translates translates basically to I am truth, um, mm-hmm. or some people will say like i basically I, I have truth within me. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked I am truth like, I do too. It's just very solid. And mm-hmm. so this was one that was very transformational for me when I was going through a lot of life changes for myself, which started before thirteen years ago, but when I actually put it into action was about thirteen years ago where uh. I was like, okay, time, time to really make some big shifts and cuts. And I learned that particular mantra in one of the trainings that I went to. And it just hit me. Like, I need to be reminding myself that, you know, I am truth. I have everything I need inside of me already. Right. And it was very empowering and made me feel like, you know, I can do this. I can stand on my own two feet. Um, another one that I've used for years, Ganesh. Or Ganesha. Mm, sure, I have is, one of those. Oh, ones. I love Ganesh, and um, he's one of my favorite gods of Hinduism. And because yoga is from India, Hinduism is the, the main spirituality of India. Mm-hmm. Um, they are connected, and some of the stories in yoga speak to the different gods and goddesses. So Ganesha is the elephant God. Right, right. And he's a very benevolent God. And he has, he. if you ever see him, he's got like this big belly. If you see paintings or whatever. And he's said to have candies inside, sweets inside his belly. <laughs> so he's just like a very benevolent God. But he's an elephant and he's big and he's the remover of obstacles. Mm-hmm. And so I also felt like, you know, adopting that idea that there really aren't any obstacles mm-hmm. in our path. Mm-hmm. But we feel like there are. Well, we put them there. We put them there. (laughs) Yeah, we put them there. (laughs) And then we don't know why we can't get by. (laughs) them. But when we connect to that divine spirit within, we know that we have the resources, you know? And it comes back to that simple, I mean, the Upanishads say tons of things, but the one that I always remember is, from abundance I scoop abundance, yet abundance remains. So it's like, no matter what, I can't, Take too much. Right, right. And you're not
1: being selfish. And I'm so.
2: not being selfish. There's always more. My needs will always be met. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just very comforting. And Ganesh is the remover of obstacles, really felt like a powerful mantra. And that one, um, the one for me, the way I've learned it is Om Gungana Pataya Namaha. Now, I tend to say it kind of like a little sing-songy, you know, and just keep going with it. Uh-huh. I've also used the mala beads, which if people aren't familiar with that, they're a strand of beads. They could be wood, seeds, stones, even metal. Is that 108? 108. Okay. Yes. So with yoga, we use 108 beads. Then at the end, there'll be some kind of like tassel mm. or guru bead they call it so you'll say your mantra touching each bead as you go around so 108 times and then for me that was that would be how i would prepare for meditation most of the time then i would just hold my beads particularly at the tassel breathe and listen you know for whatever comes sometimes there would be an answer to a question i had other times i just felt peaceful
1: you know So if you had a question, do you preface that, I'd like, this is the question I'd love to have my uh, guides respond? Yes.
2: I would say if you had something specific to to place that in your mind first, or even write it down, Mm -hmm. then the reason why I used the mantras is because of what I was saying. My mind was always going, and so I would get distracted. Right. And I don't really so much anymore now. It's rare. But this was you know, years of training, basically, Mm -hmm. training my mind, training your mind, Um, so yes, I would definitely say it would be great to write it down or hold that thought in your mind and then do a mantra or an affirmation and then sit, and I would usually just, if I had time, I would just sit, if I knew that I needed to be somewhere, I would set a timer Mm -hmm. for myself so Mm -hmm. that when my timing was up, Mm -hmm. that helped me feel calmer too, right,
1: right, so you weren't looking at the clock yes. and going oh if i got five what minutes if i'm left, late or, yeah, and right. those
2: were some of the things that i used right. to be very very concerned about so i would definitely say set yourself up for success with using some of these if you know 30 minutes isn't accessible for most people start with 3
1: Right.
2: i mean 3 is pretty doable for most people
1: i just found a it's a 21 day gratitude meditation oh I love it I have to send it to you yeah it's beautifully done it really and truly is <clears throat> but um, I was telling people that you know if on the 19th day you don't do it you got to start over again <laughs> right <laughs> because it is 21 days for a reason mm-hmm. you know that's when our yep. habits are formed yes and not everybody is gonna get to the 21st day you know it's like oh my gosh I haven't done it you know I gotta run go do it um, and some days you might be too busy. And, yeah, you know, so it is it's training the mind to mm-hmm. learn how to just be in that moment, you know, yes. and, and access your divine knowledge Because we have it we've got everything that we need. Yes. and yet most of the time because of our lifestyle and because we have been encouraged here In the United States almost more than any other culture except Japan yeah you know to just be busy 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 and we don't take the moment you know to find out who who are we and what is important to us I know
2: and those were some of the things that had that really had to change for me in order to live Mm. live actually I could put a period at the end of that (laughs) sentence because otherwise I felt like I was just surviving my life right and there's a big difference as you and I both know between surviving and thriving right Um, and there's a gap in between the two for a while sometimes as you're learning though your whole system learns how to move into a thriving mode right Uh, and you know that a few years ago I would say well I saw a picture this morning because you know how Facebook is so great with reminding us. Yeah. Social media reminds us of things, right? Um, which is good most of the time, I think, and probably always good in some fashion. But I saw a photo from, uh, I believe it was five years ago. It was either four or five. But this was another one of these moments where I was really being called to care for care for myself again in a new way. Okay. And um, I was experiencing a lot of physical changes with my body that were unexplainable um, because nothing had changed. I hadn't changed what I was eating, I hadn't changed my exercise, like all of the things were normal, yet I was actually having like a lot of inflammation and Mm -hmm. all these different things occurring, right? Mm -hmm.
1: So this was a picture on Facebook that reminded you, or or It was a picture that reminded me because, this morning actually, which
2: is funny, it reminded me because I was Becoming physically very unhealthy even though I do all the things that everybody tells you to do and I have for my whole Like for many many years, right? Um, One of the other things that was very out of whack at that point was I was Extremely anemic Mm -hmm. to the point that I almost needed a blood transfusion. Wow. Okay, Um, which I don't know if you've ever been anemic but it does a number on your uh, energy sure and when you get that anemic, it does not number on your breathing. You can't even breathe correctly. Interesting. So I was having all of these things happening. And um, I was going, going, going. Because, well, because I was. <laughs> I felt I needed to. And I guess mm-hmm. that's what I wanted to speak to a little bit is how, how committing to a yogic lifestyle, when you do if you're out of alignment something will let you know that
1: yeah that's and right. the
2: same steps that got you into alignment are going to get you back
1: mm-hmm.
2: but there was this time period where I was like I have moved away I mean I was still doing my practices so, sort of right I was still teaching I was still but I wasn't Living the personal part of it for me.
1: Yeah, it was external, not. It was
2: external, and it wasn't internal, and I wasn't taking care of me internally the way I needed to at that time, and Mm -hmm. things started coming up. Yeah, and your body was reminding. And my body was reminding me because, as you heard earlier, I do things physically. It's Mm -hmm. like that's where I, um, I'm just very physical person, and that was where I was starting to be told hey, you've got to do something different. So I actually did a 21-day um, sadhana at that time. Well, we call them sadnas, but it's the 21-day commitment. Mm-hmm. And it's just a commitment to something. To something, yeah. <laughs> it could be gratitude. It could be to holding a rock in your hand every day. Right. It really could be anything, but you're making a commitment, and you're doing that commitment for 21 days. And so I had done sadnas that were very powerful, and life transformation transforming. And this particular year I decided I'm going to do a sadna for Ahimsa, which is the tenet that I spoke of earlier. Mm-hmm. Self ahimsa specifically. So and that what that was the I am truth. Uh that one means uh to do no harm. To do no harm. So this okay. is one of the I, I didn't state the man who came up with these the first Person that we consider as yogis, like the father of yoga, most people consider Pantanjali the the father of yoga because he was the first person to like write it, pull it all together, and write it down in a format for people to follow. Mm-hmm. And he gives you tenets to follow, and there's there's quite a few. There's the yamas and the the yamas and the um, There's we call them the. The do's, do's and the do nots. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's basically what it is. But it's always funny to me, too, because when I teach about it now, I'm always like, these aren't just a set of rules. Like, these are literally a lifestyle to a follow. Lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And you'll start to see how they become part of you. And so that was what I was being called to, was this main tenet, which is ahimsa. So all the other things lead back to ahimsa, which mm-hmm. means to do no harm. To do no harm.
1: And and that applies to your life and to yeah. the earth and everything. Yes,
2: it and it it goes into every area of my life. You mm-hmm. know, the more I care for me, the more I want to care for the. I mean, even just my own personal earth. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the little patch of land I live on. <laughs> and, right, but if everybody did that, you know, what a beautiful
1: world we have. I know,
2: have. and and that's why it's that's I get all excited about it because. To me, that is why this is a path,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Not, I mean, not just to your own personal peace, but it is a path to world peace. Exactly. And, and joy.
1: Right. I always liken it to, I mean, people have skipped rocks forever. Yeah. But I mean, if you throw a rock into water, you get concentric circles. Yes. And that is the way we're meant to live is, you know, we touch somebody's life who touches somebody's life mm-hmm. who touches somebody's life I mean it can be ten lives removed and we'll never know but if we take our energy in a positive way to make that first ripple yes, then it's nothing but positive ripples that are touching one another and yeah. um, that's you know I mean whether we pick up some trash that we see it or do we right. walk by and just say well somebody was a slob well we're equally a slob if we don't lean over and pick it up and go throw it away
2: and that's, how I, that's what I feel that we can learn through. Of course, there's many other ways to learn these things, but for me, it was through that, you mm-hmm. know, taking ownership for our part in this earth and in this mm-hmm. world and in this thing called life. Mm-hmm. And there's another um, wisdom text that's very dear for uh, people who practice yoga called the Bhagavad Gita. And it's a whole story. And again, this is ancient stuff. It's considered a spiritual text for Hindus as well. Um, It's really a whole story about a a man who has a has a encounter with um, divine, Mm -hmm. okay? Who comes through a a human body Mm -hmm. to meet him where he is in his like crisis of faith. And the whole book is basically about us living our path, living our life and <laughs> knowing that it's all gonna be okay. I mean, it's one of the themes of it and it right. gives you different ways to do that. Right. It's kind of like you can do it this way or you can do it this way or you can do it this way, but it's all the same. Mm-hmm. You're living your, what, what we call Dharma, you're living your purpose mm-hmm. and I've reinvented myself a lot of different times, so I sometimes even think like, "Do I really even know exactly what my purpose is?" And then it, what I always come back to is, if I am living well in this moment, following these tenets that I have been talking about, because that's my path, then yeah, I it doesn't I don't have to have a specific purpose. I am living well in this moment. Right. Touching myself and others with compassion and care,
1: right there have been um, two situations in the last year Mm -hmm. that have happened that kind of Reinforced um, what I've heard from others. Yeah, and uh, you know that is our real function is just to exhibit uh, love to one another and you know To have joy. Yeah in our lives because that again is a positive uh, emotion that's going to cause a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. And one was a lady that was uh, down at Lido Beach. And uh, she approached um, this person that I see. Uh, she approached the two of us, total stranger, and said, you give me such hope and joy. And I thought, hmm, there's a definite message there. Yeah. And there was another lady just a couple of months ago that uh, drove up behind us in a, um, a golf cart and uh she was taking some pictures and she said i hope you don't mind but i've taken a picture of your silhouette you know Mm -hmm, observing the sunset i was like no no problem and then out of the blue she said i want your love and um you know it's it's so interesting because it's tangible if you are living the purpose that you're here for it is so so tangible for people to see to feel you know to literally energetically touch and I think that's when you know that you're in your path Mm -hmm. you know and when you're out of your path then you'll feel that too you know yeah you will know that it's oh this doesn't feel so good over here (laughs) Mm -hmm. so um, that could be maybe the way people can guide themselves until they are more in touch with their own personal guides is what feels good It's where you need to be. Yes. And what doesn't feel good, kind of move yourself back And, you know,
2: it's as simple as that to me, Mm -hmm. too. I still tap in that way to, you know, I believe, as Mm -hmm. we were talking about, that's one portion of who we are. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. have an emotional self as human beings. So those emotions are there to teach us or to tell us something it, and guide us. And guide us. And I break it down that simple for myself. Am I comfortable or am I uncomfortable? Right, right, right. Does it
1: feel like a prickly pear yeah. or does it
2: feel nice and, like, just really comfortable? Yes,
1: and, and
2: that's part of how I still check in. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then,
1: if it is uncomfortable, then seeking that guidance and saying, hey. And then maybe doing the... Uh, Mala beads and mm-hmm. uh, you doing, know, sitting you know, there and saying please provide an answer. Maybe
2: having a journal that you enjoy, or, you know, I, I love to have like a little guidance journal or something like that where you do write down things that you have. And the answers come when I we're, do. when we're, when we make ourselves open. And I guess also when we let our minds relax enough that we can. We can hear with
1: those inner ears. They you know? know. And how true is that? Yeah. Uh, the, the exterior ears are there to remind us that we have internal ones as well. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so listen to yourself as much as you're listening to others. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, again, it's been a total pleasure. Our hour just flies. It always you know, does. When we're together. Uh, please share with others how they can get hold of you
2: sure um, I have a website for the yoga and belly dance studio that I run now and it's hipniquestudio.com h-i-p-n-i-q-u-e studio dot com and then also I have a site that has all of my wellness workshops and online courses links for that at wingedtreasures.com w i n g-e-d treasures.com either of
1: those are great places to find what I'm doing (laughs) that's awesome I'm more than sure that there's going to be listeners that will at least want to click on that get information and the fact that they can do this remotely I mean they could be in California and click in and join a class absolutely
2: we've got virtual classes simultaneously running and even our workshops I deliver virtually as well so you can always pop in and enjoy
1: that works i think that is probably the best gift yes. that the pandemic has provided I agree. is all of a sudden we've learned to be creative and how mm-hmm. to reach people in remote areas like i do counseling from long island to california yeah. and i don't have to get on a plane <laughs> and, they don't, and they don't have to come into a building so it really works very very well All right, everybody, please um, make this your very best day. I hope that um, your week has gone beautifully for you. Uh, Reminder again, go into BoomerBoost.com, check out their products. And if you see something that looks of uh, importance to whatever you're experiencing, then if you use uh, my name, Lucy, L-U-C-Y, At your checkout, you'll get $5 off. And I don't know, today it seems like every dollar off is a good thing. (laughs) So uh, join us again. And uh, Victoria will be back with me in February, as I recall. So uh, go out there and make this your very best life. Thanks a lot for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye.